Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Cadaver Lab Podcast. I'm Mike. And I am Sam. How's it going, man? It's going all You've right. You've been out of town. I've been in Vegas for a little while. That's it? That's, it was, all, that's it was all you fun. want to share about your well, I went your to Planet Hollywood uh-huh. and uh, there was a fight at the poker table that I was sitting at. Really? Which was awesome. And <laughs> Did at, you start it? Were you involved? I was involved. I was being a smart out to some other guys. I was friends with the, with this guy who was hammered. <laughs> and uh, he, Fr- Meaning, meaning like... Uh, just gambling buddies that you didn't like yeah. know him before. This like I, just, I sat at the same table as him the night before, and we split oh, okay. this giant pot. There's this big jackass at the other end of the table, uh-huh. and we beat him. So me, me and the drunk guy both had a full house. We each had a jack to make our full house. Uh-huh. So we split the pot that we kicked this other guy's ass. The drunk guy <laughs> thought he lost, and so when he realized he split the pot with me, he kissed me. On the lips? No. I turned away. <laughs> So so, what's did you come back with some or did you lose some? I came back with like 150 bucks. That's not bad. Not bad. Yeah, I mean, pays for my BYU season ticket tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Isn't that kind of ironic that uh, <laughs> gambling is paying for your BYU season ticket? Never mind. Don't no. worry about it. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. Don't worry about it, people. Uh, it's gonna be great. Yeah. I feel good. I bet on all the BYU Go games Cougars. during the yeah. season. <laughs> So it's sweet, man. Oh, man. That's great. And then at the Planet Hollywood, they have, uh, I figured out their strategy. Uh-huh. They have what's called the pleasure pit. It's like all pink, right in the middle of the, the casino Is area. It, wow. Well, all the limits are like $25. It's like $25 a hand to play everything. Uh-huh. But they have pole dancers. Ah. So you can walk through and watch the pole dancers, which is what I did. I pretended like I had to go to the bathroom like 10 times. <laughs> But then uh, other people are sitting there distracted, losing their money like crazy, just watching these pole dancers thrust at them. It was awesome. Right, right. It was fun. <laughs> Went on a roller coaster. I saw a couple of shows. That's cool, man. It was good. That's awesome. Yep. While I was back, this has been a hell week at work, so screw you. Has it of. really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do, really? I did We did, I did. get out this last weekend, so it was fun. That is good. Did some fishing and stuff. Did you? Where'd you go? Rockport. Did you catch anything? Yep. Good. Small ones. No. I Screw you, Mr. I went to Vegas. And you're going fishing again this week? I'm going up to Henry's Lake. It's oh, my the, gosh. Uh, I guess it's the best trout fishing in the world, from what they say. Really? Yeah, it's uh, up to 12, 12 pound fish. I'd kick your balls in right here. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was going. I know. That's about it for me, though. No, I, I got nothing. I've just, uh, besides, uh, well, we, we won't want to talk too much about it, but, uh, Besides all the fun stuff going on with the Horror Podcasting Network, which uh, we're no longer a member of. However, this is a good time to bring up the Douchebag Podcasting Network. I don't know how many of you have downloaded the the, du- the Douchecast 5000. That's what, we, that's what we called it. And we actually have a whole website, douchecast5k.com. We're feverishly working on that right now. Um, go go up and down, at least download the first Douchecast because it it's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, the quality's not that great. We, but it's getting better, right? Well, here's the deal. We, we just recorded a Skype conversation because what we were going to do is just we're going to record like how we're doing now, mm-hmm. but just interact with each other over Skype, but actually record on our computers. But I won't mention who it was, but they screwed up. So, um, Jeff, from it came from the basement. But, um, so, yeah, it doesn't matter who it was. We're all, we're all a team. Here, but uh, so it will get better. If one person screws up, then you have to use Skype, right? Well, yeah. I mean, unless 
unless we just kind of keep that person's like just take him out and so responding to him. So if if I if I am invited to the douche cast and I do trust end me, up you're talking, a yes, <laughs> and I end up talking and then I screw up, then people can be like, "What does Sam think?" And then it's just silence for a while, basically. Okay, sweet. except for in that case, we probably just release it on Skype again. For your dumbass. I'm not, I'm not going to be dumbass. I'm not going to. It's because you know that I am I am like uh, technology retarded. <laughs> that's why you're, you are automatically assuming that I'm going to be the dipshit that screws it no, up. No, no, I'm no, already I'm assuming I'm going to be sorry. the dipshit that screws it up, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. No, you know what? But Mike, how do I download this? <laughs> listen, you know what? You haven't asked me that for a, a couple of weeks and whatever. But that's because you set me up with all the cool illegal stuff. I'm, I'm set what? up. <laughs> Whoa. Like we're talking illegal, uh, oh damn it! But there's nothing yeah, illegal fish, <laughs> right? I, I caught over my limit. That's right. You know I'm cutting that. That's retarded. Yeah, just cut it out. Just cut it out. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we have a lot of uh, stuff to go over this week. <laughs> that was a good BS session, I guess. You get started. It felt good, you know. You Loosens know, us up warm, a little warm bit. Warm us up for this. You know, I've got. I, I had an idea. Yeah. Okay. And uh, today's topic is Nightmare on Elm Street, and we're going to do parts one through three, but we're not going to do, you know how we did the Hellraiser series, and we just did them like three episodes in a row? We're not going to do that so we don't get burned out. What if we did this? What if we took a couple of other um, big franchises and then, you know, started with them? I like that. And then so, you know, we do Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe next time we do Friday the 13th, or something, you know, something like that, and just kind of keep them, that way we're not watching all the same thing. Um, you know, and, and we don't have to stick to it exactly because I mean, there's actually a lot of movies that I want to talk about mm-hmm. and want to watch, but I'm thinking maybe we could do that. Maybe people could, uh, email us or get on the forums with, uh, what series they want us to do. I like it. I like but anyway, it. But yeah, today's Nightmare on Elm Street one through three. But, uh, so I saw a couple of, uh, a few wild movies and you, I think you saw Martyrs, right? Yeah. Martyrs is the movie that we talked about for the Douchecast 5k. I'll tell you what. We were pretty, we were pretty loose and relaxed the first like hour. It was pretty long. It was, I mean, it was like a Cadaver Lab episode. It was two hours long. Really? Yeah, but uh, that was mostly Vaughn talking, and then Vaughn, uh, yeah, Vaughn, well, that, Vaughn's brother. What well, dude ever shut up? Seriously, <laughs> Vaughn's voice pit. No, I'm just teasing. Vaughn. <laughs> By the way, go vote for Vaughn on Podcast <laughs> Alley. You know, I had. Why am Why am I talking about this? He he already hates me as it is. Who cares? That's great. <laughs> Uh, so what'd you think of Martyrs? I mean, since, since you missed out on the whole douche cast, you know, that was, that was a rough movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't, I, I like watching movies. I don't read about what they're about because uh-huh. I like just figuring out what's going on as they, as they go. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know that that's what was coming. I, I assumed it was going to be kind of like a mom and dad type thing. Right. So there was a little bit of, um, supernatural there at the first. It scared the shit out of me. Right. Like well, I have never had. I haven't had a chill go down my spine like that when the thing jumped up on the bed. <laughs> oh, right. Like that, I, it really freaked me out. And so, <laughs> but then, you know, the thing, oh, it was just scary all the way through that. Oh. But then I didn't see the end part coming, like the, the second act of the movie. Right. I didn't, I didn't understand what was going on with that, but it was horrific. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, we talked about that on the douche cast, but I Ooh. just wanted to get your take because, I mean, this is probably unlike any movie that you've ever seen before, I assume. Well, and it's true. And, and thinking about it... It, you know, was, it was for me. I mean, I'm not trying to say... No, that, it is. Oh, you're such a noob. So no, no, I'm saying I had never seen a movie like that before either. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. Like, I mean, it wasn't... I don't know. You know, we talked about it a little bit that I, 
I don't. The only way to tell if I liked the movie, yeah, is if I would recommend it to somebody, and I would recommend it to people. I would. You know what? That actually came up on the douchecast. Yeah. Saying okay, yeah, I would. I would recommend people go watch this. Mm-hmm. But uh, am I ever going to watch it again? I don't know. I may. I may watch that one more time. Listen, I, I may do it. Remember how I remember how I just tried to. Uh, I got on Vaughn's case a little bit. Yeah. He's uh, he's actually said he was going to send it to me the DVD uh-huh. so I can watch the extras. He says the extras are pretty cool. Oh really? And so. So sorry, Vaughn. <laughs> I'm a dick smack. No, the the only reason I would watch it again is because of I did not see the end coming. Oh no! So I'd like to go watch it again to try and catch a lot of stuff and see if it makes any difference on on the movie. But holy shit, man! <laughs> that you. that you you got to prepare yourself for that. Just you need to be away from people for like the next for for at least. <laughs> Six hours after that movie, you, you've got it. You've got it. I wanted to go downstairs. It's gonna ruin your mood. It was it was three o'clock in the morning when I got done. I was watching on my iPod in bed. I I almost, if I didn't have to get up early, I was gonna go down and put on Little Mermaid. <laughs> I always admit it because I had to get away. <laughs> Luckily, my daughters have shows like that because or movies like that. I guess. <laughs> That's a Freudian slip, dude. You know what I thought in my head? I was going to say what? something about, you love aerial seashells. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be kidding me, dude. Oh, horrible. Oh, that's wild. But, so. uh, okay. Well, that's. I think that's kind of the consensus. Yeah. You know? Some people... Well, I'm looking forward to listening to Deucecast about that. I'm going yeah, gonna, gonna, to listen to it over the over the weekend. Yeah, it should be fun. It should, you should enjoy it. I don't know. I thought I had a great time doing it. They made a lot of, uh, like, Utah Mormon jokes. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so... You have to sit through those again. As if, as if we don't get enough of that crap. Oh, you stupid polygamists. <laughs> yeah, we hear it all. Yeah, whatever. What are you going to do? Oh, you, you know, what? one thing we did do is mm-hmm. uh, I just want to thank everybody for chiming in on their... Uh, uh, I, basically, I sent out the question because, uh, you know, our, our episodes have been getting longer and longer. I kind of put, put the question out there, you know, is that... Is everybody okay with that? I mean, because, you know, I mean, we could do things to either... Shorten them up, split them up into two, and everybody. I think the the resounding uh, consensus was just to keep just doing what we're doing. So yeah, that's great. Just thanks for everybody for thanks to everybody who uh, kind of chimed in with it. Now we don't have to wonder that. anymore. Well, we just do what I we're doing. I was a little worried about it, but I'll yeah. tell you what. Honestly, I think this is the best for us because I mean, we'll just get in, yeah, sit down and just let it go. You know, not have just, to worry about what's going to be heard now and later and everything else. So, yeah, I like it. Right. Anyway. All right, so you want to get into some uh, feedback? Yeah, let's do it. I got one funny feedback for you, oh, and no. it's an email. Oh, Before no. we get into the voicemails, we got we got we got uh, an email from Corey at uh, the Midnight Podcast. Okay, <laughs> I love Corey. Uh, yeah, uh, if you're going if you're going on your uh, fishing trip, you should take the last few episodes of his. If you haven't, I'm going heard to him. see. I, and I fall behind that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a. Bunch they of are those. they're interesting. You'll find out what's been going on with the HP in a little. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, he he sent a short but sweet email to you, right. and it was to you. Uh, I said, just listen to your Tales from the Crypt episode today, and loved it as usual. Sam was a douchebag for liking Bordello better than Demon Knight. <laughs> That's it. That's all he had to say. You know what? And you, his opinion counts a million times so i am a douchebag well all right well you're in the right podcasting network then. yeah exactly all right let's get into some voicemails all right hey guys this is julie from 19 nocturne boulevard i promise in fact i'm going to time myself so i don't rattle on but i wanted to tell you you know you say how you picture people when they're on the other end of the of the uh, voicemail or the other end of the show and 
We all do that. I mean, a lot of us picture you guys. I can't help it, you know? I picture Mike maybe in one of those Speedo bathing suits, you know, just lounging, maybe eating some, you know, mini wieners. And then I picture Sam in a tool belt and a cowboy hat, covered in tofu, eating mayonnaise right out of the jar. (laughs) Julie's got to lay off whatever drug she's taking. Dude, dude. I asked you to turn off the webcam, all right? You can't, couldn't just do that one thing? I had to tell her that you eat mini wieners, dude. You know what? Taking the high road. Taking the high road with the mini wieners. I'm going to let that one pass. All but right. you only get one a night. Uh. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's your buddy Dez calling. I just started listening to the uh, latest episode, the uh, Tales from the Crypt episode. And uh, I, I heard you lamenting your uh, your first uh, <laughs> your first uh, one star review on iTunes, and I just wanted to say, what took you so long? Uh, <laughs> my I got a one star after my very first episode from some dumbass asshole who um, listened to the first episode on which I reviewed. Uh, the Halloween, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween soundtrack, and I said that I hated Rush, the band Rush. So the guy says in, in my uh, iTunes review that this was originally a four-star uh, podcast, but I dropped it three stars because he insulted Rush. So that guy can go sit on something sharp, and uh, we can all keep making great podcasts. Cheers. boy. You don't like Rush? I thought all you Canucks were supposed to stick together. (laughs) You know what, Des? I got to say, you know what? Congratulations to you for having an opinion. Because I think that's the whole problem is is you're never going to please everybody. And at least you state what you believe and that you you don't like Rush. I remember Mike. He was on here early on. He was (laughs) dancing the little dance around the new Metallica album because he didn't want the one-star review. I say, screw it. What? I'm just kidding. Listen, what are you talking about? Hey, I'm just trying to be topical, man. I'm just, I'm just You know what? I actually kind of like that Metallica. Maybe, maybe that's... Maybe oh, that's what it was. That's oh, yeah. what it was. Yeah, that he liked it. Sorry. I did, I did like it. I, did, I, I mean, it I'll tell you what. I mean, not to get off on this, but I mean, it was... <laughs> what? Not to get off on a tangent about this, but... But... Uh, I think it's their best album in quite a long time. I mean, I mean, is that yeah. saying much? I don't know. No, I'm just kidding though. But but you know what? Like I said, I you know, if as soon as we have you know opinions, you know what the thing is is if people aren't responsible enough to give you a decent right. iTunes for the right reason, what are screw those? You know what? Yeah. What are you gonna? Do? And people are gonna see through it. It was funny because I I thought that the guy wrote more. You just told me that it was a one star and says if you like gay jokes, this is the one for you. No, I thought he wrote more. That's, no, all, that's he wrote. all he wrote. <laughs> You know what? You know what my uh, favorite Rush song is? Um, I'm gonna say Subdivisions. Nope. Roll the Bones. You like that song? You wanna know why? Why? Because of the cheesy white guy rap right in the middle. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what other song has a cheesy white guy rap in the middle? Um Shaka Messiah something. Well yeah. But this one's even worse. Michael Jackson, black or white. When you've got uh, the kid from Home Alone, I'm not gonna spend my life being a color. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
I love any song that has a cheesy white guy rap in the middle of it. That is so. We need to find one and play it. You know what? We're gonna. I think we're gonna play "Roll the Bones." <laughs> we, we gotta play "Roll the Bones," all right, all and right. I'm gonna let it run all the way through the cheesy white guy rap part. Awesome, dude. No, then we're gonna get another one star review. I can't believe you like Rush, especially "Roll the Bones." <laughs> one star. We were gonna give you four stars, but now you like Rush. Not just evens it out. You know, I don't even really like Rush, which is funny. That's the first concert I ever went to. They're all right. They're pretty good. Mm. Well, you know what? I'm glad you have your opinion. Yeah. You know what? That was such a strong opinion. Man, they're all right. <laughs> hey, Sam and Mike. This is Nick from uh, NeverBuyAStripperDrink.com podcast. Just uh, wanted to let you know I listened to your uh, Tell Us Crypt episode and thought it was awesome. Yeah, I was a big fan of that show and used to come on back in the day. And uh, I was also a big uh, comic book freak at the time and... Uh, like uh, I used to actually go out and pick up the reprints of the old 1950s uh, Telson Crib, Vault of Horror, Haunt of Fear. Uh, I think Russ Cochran, he owns the rights to all those comics, and he used to uh, kind of reprint them, like, I guess, starting in the 70s, and they built big popularity when the HBO series was going. And, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're a big fan of the show, uh, I should just uh, go on Netflix, and there's a documentary called Telson Crypt from comic books to television and it breaks down the whole history of the of the original comic book series and all the controversy and the all the court cases and uh it really breaks down like the the detail that they put in the comics and they were really 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 quite gory for their times in the 50s i mean they show a lot of the panels and i mean even to today's standards i mean there's no way you know comic books you know based and written for children could definitely get away with something like that but it's a really cool story the documentary breaks it down gets in real real big detail and it also uh breaks into the origins of the television show and you know shows all the madcaps and summarizes that but yeah check that out you can get it on netflix it's a great documentary but uh yeah i just wanted to swing by and let you guys know yeah another great episode tell us no crypt man i dig it Cool. Hey Nick, thanks for calling. And by the way, I would be very interested to find out the uh, reasons behind the name of your podcast. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you've what had experience with that. Yeah. Situations he yeah. found himself in after buying a stripper a drink. Yeah, man, I'm going to make sure that never happens. I'm surprised that didn't happen to you while you were down mm-hmm. in Vegas. I'm not going to say if it did or didn't. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> by the way, I actually Nick's not the only guy who mentioned that uh, the documentary from Tales from the Crypt. It actually just showed up today at my at, uh, in my house from Netflix. Uh, I threw it in there. I cannot wait to see it. In fact, you know, after doing that episode, I've been wanting to kind of track down. I don't want to spend a bunch of money on it, mm-hmm. but I want to track down some of the old Tales from the Crypt, you know, and start collecting those. Cause I don't you know, know what we should do? What? I should get half and you should get half and we should back them up for each other. Scan them in there somewhere or what? Like, I don't know. Just back, back them up. up. Like on, our, back on up, our printing press? I'll back up my half and then let you... Keep it so that if my house burned down, that they're safe over That's here. That's great thinking. And then you can back up your half, and I'll do the same, because then, then we make then sure that... Then we're covered. That, if that one of our works. houses burned down, we'll at least have the Tales from the Crypt. That's right. <laughs> that offsite storage shit idea. That, that's awesome. That's a great idea. <laughs> Thank you. By the way, I've been reading... Uh, I just picked up... I can't remember who it was. I think it was Sean from the Angry Gnome Comics, who, by the way... Has a treat for us in store, but that's a secret. Oh great! Everybody, no, it's it's awesome. Oh good, yeah. And uh, but there's but uh, we will be announcing that and how cool that is. But anyways, I mean, l- before I get off, go off on that again, let's just uh, make sure everyone goes and 
visit angrygnomecomics.com because he's Sean is an awesome guy. He has, he's very talented, does all that. Anyways, he recommended a comic book series called Preacher. And I actually just started reading it. I picked up the trade paperback volume one a while back, and it is awesome. Really? I mean, you know, to be honest with you, I'm shocked at how... I never before I would have gotten to comic books. I never would have thought that they could have been this cool. I mean, I, I it's it's I don't know why I didn't have an interest in them or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, I didn't read my first comic really until you know until at least we were a few months into the podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, the preacher is awesome, and it I I should have picked it up. And, I mean, I I'm sure that everybody, most people know more about comics than I do. So you probably know what. It, what uh, you know a little more about that than I do, but it, it is awesome. Hmm. And also, guess what I got? What a buddy of ours uh, hooked me up with the George R. R. Martin series. Oh, really? On MP3. Really? Yes. So oh, that's awesome. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start. I need to hear that. Through that. Yeah, I need to hear that. Yeah, you can. Because uh, I want to hear how they pronounce the names. Oh, okay. Because I have my own way of doing it, but I'd be interested in how they do it. Well, they're in the Cadaver Lab Library. Sweet dude, I'll check them out. Hey, Mike and Sam. This would be Metal Mikey. Now, i, I got to keep this short because I'm calling on a break, you know, for my job at the toothpaste factory. Getting those caps on those toothpaste tubes. Man, I'm I telling you guys, it's hard work. No wonder I sound so damn critical every time I call you. Or at least that last call that I made. That was a particularly rough day. You know, we got a shipment in. Uh, we were supposed to get some Aquafresh, but instead we got tons of Preparation H. There's a big mix-up at the factory. I'm, I'm hoping nobody ended up shipping out those Preparation H samples and those Aquafresh bottles. So, um, you know, Mike and or Sam, if the next episode of Cadaver Lab, if you guys sound a bit tight-mouthed, then I know which tubes you ended up picking up. So I apologize in advance. Oh, no, seriously, guys, no problems about the cracks. You, you, you both have me dying at my, at my actual jobs desk. I'm sure some of the people around me thought I was completely losing my mind, more so than usual, I should mention. And here's my two cents on the last episode's subject, Tales from the Crypt. I haven't really seen all the series, but I do have my particular favorite episodes of the television series. I think the one I always flash back on is that one episode, I think it was actually the very first episode, or at least one of the first few of the first season's episodes with uh, Larry Drake as the psychotic escaped convict Santa Claus. Now that one was really good and effective. I still, oh, that one's still very, very good in my estimation. Now as for the movies, I have seen for sure the first two Tales from the Crypt movies in the theater. And, well, what can I say? Uh, Demon Knight absolutely loved it. I still have a very fond recollection of Demon Knight. I think it was probably... Yeah, I think it was actually, at the time, one of the more gorier releases I had seen in the theater at that time. So it's just this nice visceral display. Ah, display. Ah, God. Display of really great effects that they had on show for us. So I really enjoyed Demon Knight a lot. Now, as for Bordello Blood, okay, I'll be honest, you know, I'm a guy. I'll. Little Mikey again. 
before I got cut off. So, yeah, let's go back to what I was saying. Padero Blood, like the, how do I put this PC? The memories. But I remember being very disappointed with the content of the film in comparison to Demon Knight. Maybe I need another viewing to kind of pick up my appreciation about it. Now, this is where my kind of nitpicky bad day at the toothpaste factory comment comes in. But it's not going to be overly critical. It's just sort of, I know you only just briefly mentioned Ritual at the beginning of the episode, but did not actually cover it. But I'm not going to be overly critical because according to various other podcasts I've listened to about that film, maybe it's for the best that you actually didn't talk about it. It really sounded like it was a load of chode for a film. But eh, came during a very late cycle. So what are you going to do? Okay, no, we're serious. That's all i got to say for right now. Both doing a great job. Take it easy, and I will catch you again soon. All right? Peace out, guys. Bye. You know, the the episode was already like two and a half hours long. If we would have talked about Ritual, it would have been so damn long. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think we did a good job. It's interesting to hear some of the the people. There's so many episodes, and, and they're so good. You know, that the one that he mentioned where Larry, what was it, Larry Drake uh-huh. plays Santa Claus? That's actually... Uh, you know how I mentioned in the 1972 original Tales from the Crypt uh, by Amicus? The Amicus put it out. Basically, you know how there was a bunch of different vignettes? That was one of them. I mean, obviously, mm. it was Joan Collins who played the wife, and it was, I, and I don't know who it was that uh, played Santa Claus. But yeah, that's a fairly popular one. That's a great episode, too. Yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, I'm sure there are a ton that people probably are their favorites that we could go back and we could do tons of shows on those. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. Oh. I just made a note to make fun of Mikey for uh, the toothpaste factory thing <laughs> again, but you know I don't think I need to. Nah, he's a good sport. I, I don't think, think that's I, fun. I'm I, glad that he. I was, after the episode, I'm like, did we pick on him a lot? But I don't think we did. I, I'm glad that he has. So a good Mikey's sense of one of us. That's right. He 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 needs to put up with some shit. Oh, you met him too. I did. That's right. Warner. You said he was a nice guy. I, I forgot about Co- that. Of course. That's what, right. Plus, what am I going to come back? What if he was the biggest douche alive? I wouldn't be like, I got such a dick, man. No, no you do. If someone is, you do. Oh, yeah. Freaking, uh, sorry. freaking Corey. Sorry. <laughs> Corey Haim. Corey oh, Haim. Yeah. I was like, Corey wasn't No, there. no, no. Corey Haim. Yeah, well, that was just to make myself feel better about myself. Oh, okay. he's, you know, I have such a low self-esteem. Yeah. I, need, I need to break people down so I can feel better about myself. <laughs> hey, Kid Everlab, this is Apocalypse Dan. I've got an idea for the perfect Cadaver Lab t-shirt. Okay, picture it. Black t-shirt, and what we're going to have on the left side is we're going to have a stick figure of a vampire drawn in some sort of crayon. He's going to have the wavy twilight hair and a big poofy cape and really ridiculously oversized fangs and a huge vampire boner. Then in the center of the t-shirt, we've got this overly drawn stick figure woman with uh, the, the curly blonde hair huge, giant, oversized boobs, and some sort of a massive vagina dentata right in the center. And then off to the right-hand side, we've got some huge monster, also drawn in stick figure with these giant, drippy claws. He's so big that he actually goes out of the size of the T-shirt, so you just see him up to about the neck or so. And then uh, at the top, it's going to say, Cadaver Lab Podcast, and those drippy, bloody red horror letters that you see everywhere. And then at the bottom, it's going to say, Really Mature Horror. This is the perfect CAD Lab t-shirt. 
uh, I can't wait to buy it. So thanks a lot, Apocalypse Dan, signing out. That is creative. That's a great, that's a great idea. But I probably need to be able to wear the shirt around the house, right? <laughs> what, you're not going to wear some of the vampire boner <laughs> on it? Do you know how often we say that to We've really? said that in two episodes because we said it in the Tales from the Crypt because uh, – uh, what's his name? Malcolm McDowell. Remember when he ever got turned? Oh on yeah, to? yeah. And also, when we made our promo, it, we said Vampire Boner, and it was about how uh, what's her name, Celine from uh, Underworld. Her eyes turned blue oh, when yeah. she gets all turned on. <laughs> so you know, the first time I heard that, I was like, "What? Why would why would a vampire have a boner?" Oh, you're right. Listen, we have a preoccupation with the blood flow down to the nether regions. I'm telling you. What, what what are we worried about? A one star review? <laughs> you know what are you gonna do, gentlemen? This is Bill, Spooky Bill, just calling to say hey and uh, let you know that I'm going to a haunted house tonight. That's right. No, you didn't lose this email. It didn't show up from October. It's actually Memorial Day weekend, and for some reason, the uh, city of Hazel Park decided to open up a haunted house this weekend. So uh, hopefully, it's actually you know something decent there, not a bunch of cooked noodles and peeled grapes. But uh, anyway, still looking forward to that. I'll let you guys know how it is. And uh, I bet Utah never did anything like that. They probably have, like, hell houses and stuff, huh? I don't know. Anyway, just want to say that, and I'm, like, so far behind on podcasts. It's not even funny. I'm starting to feel like Metal Mikey. I know I know how you feel, man. Um, I've got, like, three episodes of Mail Order Zombie. I've got two of Drunken Zombie. I've got you guys, last episode I haven't listened to. Midnight Podcast, I think I've got like three. <sighs> what am I going to do? Anyway, I went out of town this weekend. And, uh, yeah, my wife, she doesn't like the podcasts. Um, and I wasn't able to listen to any. Not to mention the car that I had to rent didn't have an auxiliary cable. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, gentlemen, just want to let you know that uh, I was going to the haunted house. Was that Spooky Bill or the Roaming Gnome? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that just that just came out. <laughs> you know what? I let me ask you something. Okay, I've really only lived two places in my life, like for you know, I mean, other than just like vacations or mm-hmm. whatever. And it was here, and it was Denver. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we have tons of haunted houses. Come you know, October, September, October, we have tons of them. Yeah, I mean. And but I don't know if Denver had any. Is that is that something that's big across the United States? You think? I don't know. We don't really see much about it anywhere else. Like people going to them or anything. I don't know. Huh? I'd be interested. To, I'd be interested. Yeah, let us know if you guys you know all over the place. If you right around Halloween, if you get like big haunted houses, you go pay like twenty bucks to walk through and have a bunch of teenagers in masks jump out and scare you. I'd be <laughs> yeah. interested to find out. You know, I think there was one that just. Uh, Stopped a couple of years ago. Apparently, it was like the the greatest. It won all sorts of uh, what do you call it? Like just awards for the greatest in the in the United States. It was called the Rocky Point Haunted House. Oh yeah, it was uh, right by the Million Dollar Saloon where Sam's obviously always there checking that place out. Is that your phone? Is uh, is sorry, phone sweet child of mine. Yeah, only when only when one person calls. Oh sweet, who is it? He's your sweet child. No, he's just he's he loves butt rock like. Who he's doesn't? Just, I know he's it's just his favorite thing, so I had to get one for him. <laughs> anyway, so uh, oh, now you just made me forget. Rocky his name. Point. Well, who played the million dollar saloon? Right. Who played the? Oh my gosh, I just forgot who played the. Uh, I'm gonna get wasted for this. The original Leatherface. 
Anyways, he was there at the end of it selling his autograph for 60 bucks. Oh, you told me about that. Oh, my gosh. That. 60 bucks. Yeah. No free. I didn't do it. I, well, was there anybody th- doing it? There was a big line. Wow. 60 bucks. <clears throat> That's a lot. I, you know, but the thing is, he was the only one there. And uh, so, I mean, he didn't, like, have to compete with anybody. Not like, uh, you know, everybody at Horror Hound was 20 bucks, I think, because everyone else was 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Except for Brian Arsky. I'm always going to argue with him, you know. <laughs> But uh, 60 freaking bucks. Oh, my gosh. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. I used to love those. Mm-hmm, and, me too. But the problem is now when I go, I feel like I'm too old to go. Yeah, you know, no kidding. Because there's a lot of teenagers and stuff. So. Well, we used to do the same date every weekend in October oh, yeah. with different girls. Absolutely. We would go barbecue at the park. <laughs> we'd go to a haunted house and would end the night with dry ice bombs. Every <laughs> damn weekend. Well, maybe you ended up with dry ice bombs. You did too. <laughs> no, we did stuff after that. Oh, you did? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you know what? That was a staple. And I'll tell you what, we probably barbecued because those damn haunted houses were so expensive. And most of the girls we, we weren't really, didn't really like very much. We just kind of took them out for the after the dry ice bomb activities, you know. <laughs> I don't even know what you, I was going to make something about a wet something or other, but decided I couldn't even think of anything. I'm glad. I'm glad you couldn't. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if uh, Bill's catching up on his podcast. I'm gonna have to start turning you guys down when I go to a drive-through because I was just at Tim Hortons and you started talking about peeing on some other dude's pee and having it splash on your shoes. And I know the girl at behind the window. I know she heard me because she she had a strange look on her face, but she didn't say anything. She took my money and gave me my coffee and closed the window. I know she was talking about what the hell this weird guy was listening to. And, uh, yeah, you guys. Uh, I'm getting caught up. Oh, yeah, this is Bill. Bye. Bill, what you didn't see was her squatting over your cup of coffee. <laughs> and yeah. dropping a little U-bomb in there. U-bomb? I don't know. Just kidding what, to me. What does the U stand for? Urine. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass! No. <laughs> when you said U bomb, I I pictured a dump. I I mean I don't know why this has gone this has gone way too far, man. <laughs> a U bomb. Oh, that's awesome. You know what though? The thing is that happens to me all the time. I in fact it wasn't long ago where uh, a couple of days ago where we all we all know and love uh, Vaughn. Yeah. I was listening to an episode where he was just just going off. And, uh, funny thing is, it was about the HPN, <laughs> but uh, it was just going off. And you know, I got out to get my mail. You know, I just leave the car, grab my mail keys, and I get out. And here's Vaughn yelling, and then one of my neighbors comes out. She, she's a friend of ours, and there's Vaughn effing this and cock sucking this and this. And she, what are you listening to? <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. So, uh, that is so sorry. funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's just kind of a it's just kind of a risk that I guess you have to take if you're going to listen to podcasts. Yep. Especially douchebag podcasts. <laughs> hey, Mike and Sam, this is Slug. I uh, just kind of wanted to call and leave a little bit of uh, audio feedback, a.k.a. me rambling on on the phone about your last episode. Um, last week you guys talked about uh, Tales from the Crypt. Um, and I personally had... You know, looking back, I didn't think that my dad was, like, the greatest guy ever. Uh, and he still isn't. He's kind of a dick. Um, but he let me stay up every week and watch Tales from the Crypt. 
and I kid you not, I probably saw every single episode as they aired when I was a kid. And, you know, the Crib Keeper was like every every Friday night on HBO, you know, there's the Crib Keeper on our TV. Um, my grandma, we lived with my grandma at the time. Uh, she even watched it with us, which was really cool. Um, and some of you may know my grandma passed away um, a few months back. Um, and that's honestly one of the few, like, really cool memories I have of her was, you know, her just really, you know, supporting everything that anybody wanted to do. If you liked it, she let you do it. She would accept it and, you know, support you 100%. Um, so enough with the uh, sappy crap. Uh, onto the cool stuff about it. Uh, I don't remember too much, like, as far as titles go and who was in it and everything. I just know that there were, like, specific episodes of that show that stood out in my mind as being, you know, just some of the best in my mind. Um, there was one, um, like I said, I can't remember who was in it, but the main character kept hearing voices, and by the end of the episode... Um, he was a, he was like a stage like comedian or magician or something, and uh, he ended up shoving like pencils or Q-tips or something in his ears, and you know trying to make the voices go away. I remember that one really well. Um, other than like who was in it or the plot, so basically I don't remember it very much. Um, another one that I really really enjoyed because it just freaked me out, and to this day I remember it really well. Um, involved a prisoner, uh, two prisoners being chained together by handcuffs. And they're walking through the desert trying to get to Mexico so they can be free and all that. And along the way, one of the prisoners kills the other prisoner, I believe, and ends up having to drag his body through the desert um, via his wrist. And um, towards the end of it, he ends up, you know, he's still dragging his body, ends up taking a rock and trying to break the handcuffs. And when he does, um, the guy ends up falling over a cliff. They pull each other over this cliff, and the guy who's trying to get to Mexico still ends up uh, becoming paralyzed when he hits the rocks. So he's still alive. The whole time, there's this vulture that's following him around. And whenever the dude falls over the cliff, this vulture lands on his chest, and the last thing you see is this vulture pecking the guy's eyes out. Um, while he's still alive. So just had a bug in my car. That's where I'm calling you guys from, a.k.a. my portable studio. Um, anyway, so fast forward to uh, March of 2009 um, in Indianapolis. And, Mike, you were there, I believe. Yeah, you were there at a place called Horror Hound Weekend, where I got to meet none other than John Kassir, voice of the Crypt Keeper. Um, which was awesome because, like I said, you know, one of my fondest memories of, you know, my my formative years, I guess you could call it, was watching Tales from the Crypt over my grandmother's house. Um, so I got to hear him, you know, just do the voice of the Crypt Keeper every once in a while and just kind of, you know, got a smile on my face hearing it. And I uh, got to talk to him and told him about, you know, seeing him every, every week and everything. Well, as the weekend went on, um, you know, I'm just kind of walking around and I noticed at one point, that he also did the voice of Buster Bunny on Tiny Toon Adventures. And I just lost my shit at that point because I watched that every day. You know, the Crib Keeper was every week. All right. Buster Bunny from Tiny Toon Adventures was every friggin' day. Sorry, every fuzzin' day, Mike. 
Uh, I'm just teasing. Anyway, so I got to watch and hear John Kassir every day after I got home from school. I would come home, 4 o'clock, I would sit down in front of the TV, watch Tiny Toon Adventures, and eat pizza rolls with my sister Casey. Um, so apparently John Kassir has had a huge impact on my childhood. Um, and it was even cooler that I got to meet him and talk to him and, you know, just kind of relay those stories onto him, which I'm now relaying on to you guys. So, um, anyway, I got some shit I got to get done. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to rip off Steven and say, be cool bitches. So, uh, fuck you assholes. All right. Bye. Dude, he started off with the nice, sweet story about his memory. Whoa. About his memories of his grandma. And then he ends off like that. What the, what the crap? What the fuzz? <laughs> hey, no, but listen, you know what? He makes a good point about something. Um, <clears throat> he loves Tales from the Crypt. And the reason being is because he has fond memories of something that was going on as he was watching him every Friday night. Uh-huh. I can't, we talk about it every once in a while, but I cannot tell you how big your mood is and what has been going oh, on around when you watch movies. Oh, yeah. So, you know, again, it's so subjective when we, when we review movies, but I can tell when I'm in a pissy mood, I have less patience for movies, and, and I just I don't like them. Right. But anyways, I just I wanted to throw that out there again, you just know, to defend some of the shit I've said on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you got some of that preparation age that Mikey's yeah, been sending exactly. out, covert from the whatever. But, uh, you know, it's funny. He was mentioning how his dad used to let him watch those. Yeah, my dad would never ever let me watch those. He's he he probably wouldn't to this day. You know, yeah. I think some of some of my fond memories are me sneaking to watch that stuff. You know, or I remember in your dude, I remember in your basement when we were in high school how we used to watch these just watch movies. I'd I'd sneak out of my house to go up to Sam's house to freaking watch movies, and then if we heard his dad start coming down, man, I was. I was scrambling across the floor, hiding behind the mini bar or whatever in, in your basement, and, and you turned it off, and you were in your bedroom running. Yeah. Man, those were the days. That was so funny. <laughs> I used to love when they went out of town and would cook burgers like at midnight. 3 a.m. I would watch man. Puppet Masters. <laughs> Puppet Masters, man. Oh, yeah. Those, yeah, those were awesome. And yep. I'll tell you what... Uh, some of those movies that you rented, though, even though we were having fun and again, were just terrible. Oh, yeah. You used to love the really shitty action flicks. I know. Flicks. I know. <laughs> Anyways. Or Wild Orchid. Oh, I like that one. Ben, the two of us need look no more. We both found what we were looking for. With a friend to call my own, I'll never be alone. And you, my friend, will see You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. It's a fucking Michael Jackson song. Yay! So I've got one question about that. <laughs> what? Which part and how hard did you have to squeeze your shaft to hit those notes? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, when we were talking about that last episode, uh-huh. I, I sung a few <laughs> bars for you, but I cut it out. <laughs> Oh, you did? Yeah. So they didn't even hear that? No. Oh, that's awesome. No way. Are you kidding me? That's funny. You know, I don't... He didn't leave his name, but I think that... If you listen to Drunken Zombie, you hear uh, a guy calling named Patrick from New York, and I'm guessing that's <laughs> who that is. I actually met him at Horror Hound. He was, uh, he, was a, he was a really cool dude. Yeah. He was... Uh, I remember watching Martyrs in that thing, and he was just behind... Like, I was on the back row. 
because they snuck in a little late or whatever, and he was he was standing up behind me just going, oh, oh, oh. Oh, really? Oh, about the movie? Oh, the whole, like the whole laugh when she was getting the crap beat out of her. <laughs> it was just like, it was awesome. Uh, put a smile on my face during that movie, which is difficult. So. Oh, jeez. But it was funny. Yeah, thanks for that. I I assume it's you. If I'm wrong, let me know, I guess. Yeah, yeah hello, Mike and Sam. This is Virginia Dentanta. Um I'm calling on behalf of um, my uh, um, client, uh, Mr. Toshio Wanatachanabe. Um, he said that he called your podcast two weeks ago, Mr. Wanatachanabe did, and that he left a message for you, and you're now um, saying that another gentleman left that message. Well, I'm sorry. Um, I'm afraid you're going to have to redact that and restate that it was, in fact, Mr. Toshio Wanatachanabe who made the threat on your life. Okay, bye. Oh, and um, Shia said, hello. You know, it's difficult not to make fun of a name like Wanatachanabe. <laughs> And, uh, never mind. <laughs> I didn't know he had such great representation. Yeah, it's awesome. Dude, that was weird. I must have hit the wrong number at first because I got some R&B song playing when I dialed this number. So I was like, man, those Cadaver Lab boys, wow. <laughs> no, but, uh, hey, Mike and Sam, it's Johnny from Oklahoma. I was calling to say the last show on Tales from the Crypt was badass. I, uh, love all three of those movies. I would... I haven't seen the fourth one they did that you were talking about, but the other three I would definitely give bone saws. I thought those were badass movies. Um, I was real excited about the Freddy show, about Nightmare on Elm Street, because uh, when the episode drops, it'll be my birthday, and that's my favorite horror movie of all time, so it's like the best gift ever. And uh, now, speaking of Nightmare on Elm Street, I've been scouring the internet looking for pictures of Jackie Earl Haley and the Freddy makeup, because apparently... You can find them somewhere online, but you know, apparently it's, I don't know if it's forbidden or something. I can't find it anywhere, but uh, they're out there because I've been told by several people that people have been sneaking on set and getting pictures of them, but uh, the location shoots for the new Elm Street are really cool. There's a one with a cool shot of a bunch of fog machines and, you know, the huge lights blasting through a church, so that was kind of neat, but uh, I'm kind of rambling on, so I will catch you guys later. Great show. Keep it up. Bye. You know, if you find those, either put them on the forums or email me because I, I, I really want to see that. I mean, I don't know why. I was really excited for the Friday the Thirteenth remake, and you know, I mean, it was just it was okay, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But this one, I'm <clears throat> excuse me, I'm really excited about too. You know, I think I would have been more excited about the Friday the Thirteenth remake, uh, or maybe a little less critical of it if I would have known Derek Mears before. You know, when I met him, it was, he is just such an awesome dude. Hmm. But uh, knowing that Jackie Earl Haley is going to play Freddy, I mean, I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah. Even though, gosh dang, it's Robert England is, is he was born to play. That he part. was. Well, listen to this, okay? Now, I, I, I very I, I typically don't really listen to a lot of commentaries on DVDs, you know. But I I happen to listen to it on Freddy vs Jason, and uh, Robert England is. The man. I mean, he's he. When you listen to him, he seems so excited about the genre. He knows so much about it, and he's just like a little. He's like a. He, he just expresses himself in such a way that you know 
how awesome he, you know, how 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 awesome he thinks the whole horror thing is and whatnot, you know, and it's 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 just kind of, I mean, and, and we talked about this on the forums a little bit too, and it's kind of, um, it's just kind of the opposite of where you know you have Kevin Bacon or whatever who yeah. who yeah oh yeah I'm too good for horror movies to you know I don't want to be associated with Friday the Thirteenth or whatever, and uh, even that's where he got his freaking start yeah you know screw that guy really. He's been in a few horror movies too. What? What? what you said it? Hollow Man. Oh yeah, Hollow Man. Um, and, uh, Stir of Echoes. Stir of Echoes. St- Tremors, I guess. Tremors. There's kind of one, but uh, you know, screw that guy. And screw, yeah. And screw people who are get too big for their britches and you know forget what what you know what gave them their chance. Listen, we we I'll tell you what. If he were to embrace that, there are such rabid horror fans out there. That we would just think he is awesome, mm-hmm. you know, and he's being true to ninety percent of the people I talk to, and and they find out I love horror movies. Like, why? You know what? That's stupid. Blah blah yeah. blah. And it's like, you know what? Screw you. <laughs> you know, we are. I think as horror fans, we kind of are. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say like the outsiders or whatever, because I mean, I don't really feel like an outsider or anything like that. But it's like you know, when we have someone to embrace it, like Robert England does. You know, it just it just makes me feel stoked again for the whole genre. You know? It's like when NBA players embrace the Utah Jazz. Exactly. For them. It's the same thing. <laughs> when they settle and, and come and play in Utah. You know what? We actually got a rapper to sing the Utah Jazz theme this that's year. That's right, because he's a big fan. There's Who another guy it? that's a big fan. I don't mm-hmm. remember what his name is. What is it? Uh, Little something? Little something. That's what their all name is. <laughs> By the way, Johnny, you need to get out and get a blowjob, my friend. Why is that? Well, because he thinks that the episode coming out is the greatest gift ever. <laughs> You're going to be sorely disappointed, man. <laughs> oh, man. That puts some pressure on us. Just teasing. No, but honestly, I mean, I, anyways, my, my point of listening to that was is I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to listen to any commentary that Robert England does just because that. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, he's awesome. Yeah. Hey there, Mike and Sam. Steven here. Uh, wow. I can't believe you got a bad review over gay jokes. I mean, that's just fucking ridiculous. Because first off, you guys don't fucking gay bash at all. And secondly, you know, when you do make jokes, you don't discriminate. You, you bring, you make fun of the midgets and, and the transvestites and Julie. So really, whoever fucking wrote that review needs their fucking ass kicked. Um, but you know, at the same time, I kind of feel partially responsible because, you know, I'm always calling up and saying, oh yeah, you, you two are fucking gay. So in, in the interest of fairness, I've decided to, uh, call and make fun of straight people today. So here we go. There's two guys, uh, let's just call them Mike and Sam walk into a bar and Mike starts licking Sam's balls. Okay, never mind. No, seriously, I did want to talk about the... Uh, love the Tales from the Crypt episodes. It was a great fucking series. And the comic book, though, here's the thing that gets me. Yeah, there's all this uproar in the mid-50s over uh, violence in the comic books. There was even something called the uh, Superman Complex, where... Uh, People relive fantasies of violence, and that's one of the things that uh, the book Seduction of the Innocents talked about. Um, but it, it was such a fucking insane hysteria. Uh, there's even, in during the hearings, they even showed, like, 
uh, I believe it was a Superman comic, and they blew up like one portion of one panel where like Superman's armpit was kind of shaded in like a V, in it was kind of like a triangle shape, and they claimed that it was hidden pornography because it looked like uh, a woman's pubic patch, and that's how fucking insane this was, and then the comics industry decided to regulate themselves and and the big people the big guys in this really seemed to have it out for gains in EC comics uh if you look at the code it seems almost specifically geared to destroy you know the tales from the crypt and the vault of horror if you look at the fucking regulations that they imposed um and a lot of this had to do with, in the 50s, the superhero comic was pretty much dead. Uh, they'd canceled The Flash, Captain America, The Human Torch, The Submariner. The only, the, about the only people that, the only characters that were left was Superman and Batman for the most part. So, because nobody was buying the superhero comics. But yet, you know, and EC was making a pretty good name for themselves with the uh, horror comics. So it's only natural, I guess, that when they decide to self-regulate, the people making the rules, the biggies in the comic industry, Marvel and DC, would fucking weed out EC Comics by making regulations that their star comics couldn't abide by. But Gaines did all right. He uh, had a little comic called Mad, uh, which became a, a... a full-size magazine, and uh, Alfred E. Newman and all that. So EC Comics did all right, despite the fucking failure, you know, of uh, the horror comics to be able to meet code. And, of course, it, you know, there's this huge legacy where everyone from Stephen King to Steven Spielberg read these comics as a kid, and, you know, it stuck with them. So that years later, you know, we have... Uh, we have what we have, a uh, fucking great goddamn series. And um, one of the things I do find ironic about it is these uh, Tales, from the, Tales from the Crypt stories. Most of the time, they really are morality plays. The bad guy normally gets it in the end. So, really, I, don't, I never did see what the big argument was against these kind of books. Uh, but, you know, the world's a fucked up place. What you gonna do? Anyway, I've taken up enough of your time. I will talk at you later, guys. Be cool, bitches. That right there brings credibility to our show. And one-star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no, no. Are you kidding, Steven? By the way, um, I just want to say that uh, Steven's latest, the, ones that, the one I mentioned before, the, the She Bitches from Hell, is an awesome episode. Everybody who listens to us probably listens to him already. Did, I hope so. Did you see, what, did you so. see what he did there? What? He started off really funny, and then he got all intellectual on our ass. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Steven for Absolutely. <laughs> As usual, that was awesome. That was Steven. And uh, that joke he did, oh, it's just weird that he uh, that uh, it was so coincidental that the guys in his joke were named Mike and Sam, too. Yeah, it's so. weird. Bizarre, man. We have pretty, those are fairly common <laughs> names. Yeah. So. Anyway, so that is all we have for voicemails today. Should we just uh, take a quick break and then get into the movies? Prime member of the Douchebag Podcasting Network. 
podcasting. What the fuck is that bullshit? Today, we're just going to do the first three uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. The first one, uh, just called The Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, came out in 1984. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? <laughs> You just see cuts happen. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. There's a coroner got to say. He's in the John puking since he saw it. You're gonna kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy, there's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. No! She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails... I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. No one will survive. Craven, director of The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left, a new masterpiece in fantasy terror, Nightmare on Elm Street. Was uh, written and directed by Wes Craven. IMDb gave it a score of 7.4. Production budget was $1.8 million, And uh, it grossed $25.5 million in the United States. So, I mean, even there. And, that, and you know, that's just the United States as well. Uh, quick synopsis, Nancy's having nightmares, violent nightmares about a m- mysterious badly burned man with a razor fingered glove on his right hand that calls himself Freddy. When she realizes that her friends are having the same nightmares and that one by one they are being brutally murdered in their sleep, she turns to her father who does not believe her and thinks her to be crazy. After she finds out the horrible truth behind Freddy's rampage, she decides to take action and bring this dream murderer out of dreamland and into the real world where she can send him straight where he straight to where he belongs. So what'd you think? This is a great show. Um, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street were the ones that I saw growing up. Freddy Krueger was the one to be scared of. And oh, yeah. Whoa. Did my, did my voice just crack? Wow. 
<laughs> no, but uh, so I thought this was this was good. You could have Johnny Depp. Yep, in his, and, in his first. Yeah, in his first ever feature length film. And you know what? I don't know how he feels about it now, but he actually came back in. Uh, I think Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five or Six or something like that, and just made a quick uh, cameo appearance. So at least he oh, hasn't really? sworn it off because he was big by that time. Yeah, I mean, he was the man by then. No, that's you know, and I, I really liked the pace of the story. Freddy Krueger is a creepy dude. Oh yeah, they don't dink around with it. The one, the one complaint, if and it's not really a complaint, but the one thing I did notice as the Freddy Krueger franchise went along, he became more of a smartass. Oh yeah, he was more scary in the beginning, which I really liked. I mean, he was more just a creepy demon guy. Like the right. eyes, were really scary. Mm-hmm. There wasn't as much puns. Well, and plus he, stuff. It, especially in this first one, his makeup it was just so grotesque. I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like they've cleaned it up a lot. Yeah, you know, in the later films in the series, in Freddy versus Jason, I mean, it it, uh, it almost looks like he's starting to heal and stuff. I mean, in this one, he had like gouges taken out of his mm-hmm. ear, and he had like little pieces of flesh hanging off. And he was really oozy and yeah. stuff. I, probably he just got tired of getting in the makeup every day, and so mm-hmm. they like, just throw on the mask. <laughs> you know, it very well could have been. Um, this came out in 1984, so I was still, we were both still really young mm-hmm. when this came out. And, and to be honest with you, I didn't see this when, this wasn't even the first Nightmare on Elm Street that, I, that I'd seen. No, I saw number three. That was the first one I think I saw, I saw number four first, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, because I remember watching, the thing is, is, Around the elementary school playground, it was he was like a legend. Yeah, you know, and people used to talk about it because I guess other kids had older brothers and sisters, which I didn't. I you, didn't either. Well, yeah, okay. well, yeah, I kind of did, but but I mean, you weren't uh, they they weren't there, right. you know, feeding you this kind of shit. But uh, you know, I wonder if I did that for my little brothers and sisters. I, I bet I bet I did. Oh, I'm sure you did. I'm a bad big brother. We used to watch turning... those movies, and Jeff and Scott were downstairs <laughs> watching them with us. <laughs> No wonder they're so how old screwed was, up. How old were those guys when they saw Evil Dead? I mean, oh, that's true. They were young. That's true. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh wow. I, I'm starting to feel a little guilt. There. They were the guys on the playground. You guys need to watch out for D- the well, Evil Dead. Don't you remember that? I mean, yeah. We're, oh yeah. We're there in in elementary school, and I remember talking to these these uh, girls who were talking about all these parts. You know about. Uh, uh, it, w- it was about number four, and mm-hmm. or and maybe number three, because I remember they had to bury the bones, and and there was a dog that peed fire and woke Freddy up, and that I think that was part. Well, four. see that the most the, the first thing I remember hearing about this about Nightmare on Elm Street was the puppet, the the tendons coming out. Oh yeah, that was the first thing I heard. Really? Someone someone said that I'm like, ooh, that'd be disgusting. I remember, you know, I heard the same thing, and I remember seeing it, and when I saw it, mm-hmm. it was like worse than how I imagined. Me too. That's exact. I I, made I, a I didn't even. About I mean, it. I, at that point, I hadn't seen very many horror films, mm-hmm. so it's not like I had a lot to, you know, a, a lot to go back in my mind and compare it to. But yeah. I, that was horrifying the yeah. first time I saw it. Yeah. You know, but but like I said, I mean, I think a lot of the hype really made me really want to see these. And I'd seen uh, Friday the Thirteenth before this, but it was. I I don't think the first Friday the Thirteenth was nearly as scary. As these these oh no were. no these were these were creepy they even were... though when he came out of the water at the very end I, I was up you know, uh, Jason oh yeah Friday thirteenth when he came out of the water at the end I couldn't sleep for a freaking week <laughs> <laughs> just that one two second scene see I had never I hadn't seen the first one until gal probably uh, Friday the thirteenth I mean until eh, probably four years ago oh really mm-hmm. yeah, so there that's so creepy out but anyways yeah Freddie Freddie's a lot scarier to me than Jason. You know, if we're since we're off on this tangent, I like the series Friday the Thirteenth better. I don't, I can't tell you why. 
Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, yeah, we talk about how later on in the Nightmare series, they, they, they kind of go away and they're not quite as good as these. Same thing happened with the freaking yeah. Friday the 13th. You know, I mean, it's not like those were stellar all the way through. But uh, I don't know. But I will say that this is, I mean, this is not far behind for me. I, I And on that tangent, I'm going to go ahead and bring up this point. Because one thing I did notice comparing the two, because you can't help but compare the, compare well, the no, two. no, they were so popular at the same time. Because I started, I started thinking there was something that started bugging me a little bit about, about the movies. And I figured it out that I, there's supposed to be some rules on Freddy. Right. There's some thing, you know, he's only he's in your dreams if you don't fall asleep, you know, blah blah blah. Right. But then those those lines get really blurred, and so I really didn't know what what right. the rules were with Jason. I mean, besides the rules of okay, he's dead, he's not dead. He right. can go do whatever the hell he wants wherever the hell he wants. Yep. So I think that the 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 non-self-imposed rules just it just seems a little bit more free. I like that the Friday the 13th they're out in the forest. Well, and I think that settings. was a big thing for me was was out in the woods. Yeah. I freaking love being out in the woods. Right. And I think it would I mean, I obviously I wouldn't want to live this in real life, but I think that being out there cuz I I just love being out like in the forest, no one's around, and just to think with that guy running around, that's yeah. that would be scary as hell. Yeah, you know, anyway. it's kind of like when you're in the water and you start thinking about Jaws. It's just it could be anywhere. Yep. But with Freddy, you're always in the boiler room, and so there's a little bit of a claustrophobic thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm off, but that's kind of what I started thinking about. Why? Because uh-huh. I started getting feeling a little bit bugged with with kind of the, the flow of the movies. But there again, it's from watching three in a row too. Yep. Well, listen. To be honest with you, you know what? I'm going to save it. We're, let's get let's get back to yeah. the movie, and yeah. then uh, I'm going to save it because I I think number three is my favorite, and, I, and I'll talk about it. Why? I I, I agree. I haven't seen. I saw Freddy versus Jason. I may have seen number four, but I'm, I'm not going to realize it until I until right. I watch him. But number three is my favorite. I, well, the thing is, is number one and number three have always been vying for my top Nightmare on Elm Street spot, mm-hmm. and there's a few reasons why Nightmare on Elm Street one really gets me. First of all. The scene with uh, one of the the opening death scene where we have Tina and and what's her boyfriend's name? I can't remember. Rod. Rod. Yeah. He. Uh, you know. First of all, when I first saw this, I didn't know what the crap they were doing. You know. I, what? 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 What is this? Why? Whatever. But uh, where Tina's shirt gets kind of ripped ripped mm-hmm. out, and then all of a sudden the claws come up and over, and then she goes up that the side of the yeah. um, you know leaving that blood trail when she goes to the side of the room and on the on the uh, the ceiling and stuff. That freaked me out when I was young. And I'll tell you what, every, every time I watch it now, I kind of think back to when I saw that mm. the first time. And it kind of makes me excited that, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Remember how that used to scare the shit out of me? But the thing is, is I mean, let, let's, say that, let's say that I only saw it for the first time four years ago. They did a great job with it. They did. I mean, there was not a lot of, of uh, you know, we, and we were talking about, the, about Alien on the forums and how, you know, the effects there have stood the test of time. Yeah. Because they didn't use a lot of stupid cheesy, um, you know, CGI. They used a lot of suspense, you know. And I think this first Nightmare on Elm Street's the same way. I do too. I mean, there's that terrifying knives on the hands screeching across. That is one of the most unnerving sounds yeah. ever, you know. And then you have like just these regular teenage kids going through all this crap, you know, which is. Mm-hmm. Well, it just it starts out with the good mythology of what created Freddy, right? And they don't start that, but they don't start with that. But you find out halfway during the movie. But uh-huh. you've got this evil character, and you come to find out what he was, and then they just carry it on with these great deaths. You've got, I mean, a creative as far as knives on the 
on the glove and things oh, yeah. like that. I mean, that, how iconic is that? You oh, see yeah. that everywhere. Absolutely. So just a lot of great things that, to introduce this movie. And, and it, you know, it's great that number one lives up to the hype, even though we know that there were, I don't know, what, seven, eight movies that came out after it. Absolutely. So. Well, let's let's talk about some of the death scenes before we really get, well, I don't know. I don't know how much we're going to get into it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, let, let's go down. Obviously, they're going to be spoilers. By the way, if you haven't seen this yet. Go do it. God. But we're going to spoil it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody dies. <laughs> Except for one person who comes back with a gray streak in her hair to make her look older. What? On the wrong... No, no, no. She got that gray streak in this one. Oh, she did? Yes, she did. Really? <laughs> anyway, it's, it's hard to see on that little iPod screen. Too. No, I watched it on the, the big screen. Oh, did you? Cool. Anyway, so, okay, let's talk about Glenn's death. Johnny Depp. Yeah. So... First... He was towards the end of the movie. You want to right. talk about okay, him? Right. Well, I, I don't care. We can talk about whoever. Okay. Okay. But I, I'm just saying, death scenes. Well, first of all, we have we have we talked about Tina's. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we talked about well, Rod. Well, Tina, but she appears a few different times in the movie in creepy spots, like getting dragged to the hall of the school. Oh you yeah. You can't see who's dragging her in the body bag. Oh there, yeah. There was that's there right. was some really she appeared. I forgot about that. Yeah. Scene. She and then she showed up. She's got the body bag and it's pulled back, and they've they've done like the Mike Cadaver Lab job on top of the Sam and Mike face. <laughs> Zombie oh, stuff, oh, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. and and so she starts talking a little bit. I don't know, and then the the, the centipede comes out of her mouth. Oh yeah, so you know, so I, there was, was going to bring stuff. up that uh, body bag scene mm-hmm. because what uh, Nancy falls asleep in her class, she yeah. wakes up and the body's being dragged, but you don't see what it's being dragged. But I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just a blood trail. That really just gets me. Yeah, I don't. That that's a really creepy part. It's because you can't see what's dragging, but yep. it's the motion of being dragged. I don't know. It's it's good. <laughs> But anyway, so then we have Rod, who, um, well, nah, Rod was okay. Yeah, he it, just hung, he got hung, he got in hung his cell. So, but uh, I love Glenn's death, yep. where all of a sudden you, ha- it reminded me a little bit of Evil Dead, where mm-hmm. what I can't remember exactly what happens. He gets like pulled into his bed, and then all of a sudden, like fifty million gallons of blood starts po- going straight up and pooling on the ceiling. Yep, but. Freaking awesome! Yeah, you know what a great idea. Oh, you yeah. know, did you know that there's only a gallon and a half? There's six quarts of blood in the human body. I I did not know that. I didn't know that there's only a gallon and a half. I assumed it was less than fifty thousand gallons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, after watching those Japanese horror movies, I wasn't sure, <laughs> but I did check out check out on it, and it's six quarts is all. Really? Yeah. yeah well, I didn't know that. Anyways, uh, I got a little um, off of Wikipedia or. Uh, IMDb. I can't remember where I got this, but uh, here's a little story, a little thing about the origin of a Nightmare on Elm Street. And I just want to read it. The basis of the film was inspired by several newspaper articles printed in the LA Times on a group of Cambodian refugees and their children, who, after fleeing to America, um, <clears throat> were suffering horrific nightmares. After which they refused to sleep. Acting on medical advice, their parents encouraged them to do so. However, each of the children died in their sleep soon after following the second dream. Now, isn't that wild? That's real. Now, here's the deal. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, who knows, you know, Dude, what, the, what the real cause creepy. for that was. But what a, what a great way that Wes Craven said, okay, wow, here's this really creepy stuff. Yeah. You know, what what can what caused it? Let's let's say let's come up with an idea about what caused that, and let's make a movie out of it. Freaking brilliant! Yeah, yeah. You know, no, I mean, but the thing is, is when you when you have these nightmares and you are when you're feeling disoriented and all that stuff, and even when you're half awake and mm-hmm. you still don't know what's going on, that's kind of a sketchy place to be in anyway. Yeah. And then when you have things like this going on, it just makes me wonder. So who knows? 
Yeah, well, and that's that goes back to you know some, sometimes life is stranger than fiction. Yeah. I mean that you hear that and you can Absolutely. just make a movie out of it. That's what you should be looking for is real life stuff, and a lot of times they do. But yeah, brilliant. Well, in brilliant. The- I just watched The Strangers with Liv Tyler. Oh yeah, and that was kind of a creepy movie. Thinking about a home invasion. Oh yeah, it was weird. Like she, it's her standing there doing something, and then behind you can see the mask move. You didn't yeah. see it there before. Right. But that's the same type of thing where. <laughs> That shit happens in real life. The Did you not see that in the theater with no. me? I saw that in the theater, and it was irritating. because Was that rated PG-13 or No, R? it's R. I don't remember, but there was a, seemed to be a lot of kids there. Oh, really? I was pissed. Yeah, it was creepy, but, but anyway. So I started watching the commentary for this mm-hmm. when I was going through it, and uh, Robert England wasn't, wasn't part of the commentary. It was actually uh, Wes Craven, who actually was really good, who uh, was, you know, was kind of talking about some of the uh, you know, technical aspects of the film. And also, you know, some of the experiences that they had there. And it was Nancy, or uh, Heather Langenkamp. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I didn't even talk about who was in this. I completely skipped that. Let's just, let's just do that real quick. All right. uh, Robert England played Freddy Krueger. John Saxon, your man, yeah. played Lieutenant Thompson. He- Heather Langenkamp played Nancy Thompson. Amanda Weiss played Tina Gray. Johnny Depp, Glenn Lance. And Ronnie Blakely played Marge Thompson. But, uh... Uh, so Heather Langenkamp was in a John Saxon, one of the screenwriters. I had to turn it off because Heather Langenkamp was so irritating. Oh, she bugs the shit out of me. You know, there were a few scenes in there that I did, that I was just it just kind of took me out. And I hate to, I hate to you know be critical. But remember when she walked out? I think it's the same scene where she walked out of the classroom and there's that hall that hall monitor there. Oh yeah, screw your hall pass. Oh, that's right. Yeah. screw your hall pass. Like, She's got Kristen Stewartitis. Mouth open? Yeah, her mouth's open the whole damn time. Really? And she's acting. Oh, geez. You know... The, just makes you want, want to put something in it, you know? <laughs> just, just... Whoa, what? Like oh, a, you're sick! No, I was no. thinking like a cotton ball or maybe those... Since I since I have this uh, cache of those little tiny wieners. Oh, know, yeah, yeah. Putting those in her mouth and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean... There, there were a couple of moments like that where it was just like, you know... You know, first time act. I don't know if it was her very first time actress, but she was a young actress and whatever. And you know, the thing is, is the the story and the the execution of the movie was good enough that I could overlook that. Yeah, you know, easily. Yeah. So, plus she wasn't that hot. No, I mean, it would have been nice. I for just her. found out that that wasn't even her boobs in the bathtub. You know, I that was part of the uh, it was part of the um, commentary when when it goes down. She goes, "Those are my boobs," or she goes, oh, "That's really? not me." Yeah, I was like, "What?" Not that I should be proud of those, lady. Any other things you got for us? Uh, the memory count was one and a half. <laughs> one and uh, half. Because it was a really good side shot for a little bit, but uh-huh. just not quite enough to get a full one. So one and a half. Um, what did I learn? We saw the first ever menstruating bed vagina, <laughs> which was very. There strange. is no tampon that could have stopped that. <laughs> no. I learned how to booby trap my house. Yeah, uh, there were some one. sweet light bulb bombs. Yep. And this, there, every one of these movies, one through three, inspired a later movie. Oh yeah. So I'm going to tell you as we go along which movie oh, it was nice. inspired. This one was actually the first installment of Home Alone, which <laughs> because, was shocking because of those. Uh, oh, all the booby traps all over the place, man. By like the, the way, okay. So is it just me or when? Okay, basically. You know, Nancy's parents are kind of getting paranoid that she's going to take off, whatever. So they put bars on the windows and they they lock the front door. You know, so you need a key. Was anyone else thinking fire hazard, or was it just me? 
<laughs> yeah, that didn't cross my mind, but now that you say it, damn it, we should fire, take that up. Fire with hazard, man. Yeah, you shouldn't be shouldn't be doing that. That was just not safe. <laughs> and then uh, let's see, who else said that? This is so horrible, but I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. All right. Nancy, this isn't reality, and that was Ronald Reagan in the last five years of his life. Oh. So bad. Oh. Sorry about oh. that. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. You know what? I do have a, I, I do have a kick-ass scene of this movie. Oh, yeah? Okay, there's a scene where they're in the boiler room, and Nancy you know, is in the dream, and, and Freddy, they're kind of stalking each other, you know, trying to figure it out. Well, there's one part where... Freddie is so busy, like, scratching his nails on something. He's walking around one way that Nancy creeps up behind him when he's trying to be all badass and scary, and it kind of startles him. <laughs> I'm going to have to go that. Look is that is kick-ass scene of this movie. There's another one where he falls backwards after he gets hit by the Home Alone. Um, uh, uh, sledgehammer? Yeah, he falls out backwards and lands on a mattress on the stairs. Did you see that? I don't remember. <laughs> There's I, not a, and I, then the next I remember scene is just doing the that. I don't remember seeing a, a Oh, mattress. dude. I'm like, are you kidding? Cut that shit out. You know what? The thing is that I always go to the goof section of IMDb. And, I mean, there's just a list of goofs. But I, I don't know what it is, but I would never, ever notice most of these yeah. if it weren't for that. Yep. You know, like, for instance, I read them for part three before I watched part three. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed a couple of them. Oh, really? But... I don't. I, I think I'm going to wait till after I watch it to read those, just because you know I don't want to ruin That's it. That's funny, or whatever. I uh, I did six degrees, and what I decided to do is do Robert England to all three, but go to different routes to get oh, to okay. go through different people in Army of Darkness. Oh, cool! At the end, so Bruce or Robert England was in Blood Brothers with Richard Gere, who was in The Jackal with Bruce Willis, who was in Twelve Monkeys with Madeline Stowe, who was in Revenge with Kevin Costner, who was in For Love of the Game. With uh, Ted Raimi, who is in Army Darkness. Nice. How was that? Six. Awesome. By the way, I give this a bone saw. Yeah, this gets a bone I saw. I freaking love this. Yep, this, this, this definitely gets a bone I saw. I mean, and like I said, it probably has to do a little bit with the fact that it takes me back, and I still get I still get the uh, nostalgia feeling. But the thing is, I tried to look at it critically, you know, and how it stands up now. I I think it still does a great job. I mean, it's obviously eighties. You know, yeah, but, styles and whatever. But the thing is, but is, like you were talking about with her cr- climbing on the ceiling and the wall and just yeah. the different effects, this definitely did a great job of building the foundation to hold the rest of the series up. Absolutely. I mean, it did. So for that, it needs a bone saw. Bone saw. Yep. Hey, Timmy. What's up, bunny? Almost time for the show to start. Nope. Home just in time for the podcast. Laura, I'll be right back. I need another soda. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all ready to record? So, what do you guys think of that local sports team? <laughs> they are pretty awesome, I must say. <laughs> I was not watching the sports program. 
<laughs> I was drawing Timmy. Okay. And you know, there was a thing on TV, and there was a movie, and events occurred, and they were interesting. I like it. I know, I DVR'd that. I, I love it when events occur. Hey, I think we have company. Who? Hey, look, it's podcast listeners. Oh, hi there. Neat. Look at all of them. This place must be popular. Think we should tell them about our show? Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Our show is called Don't Look in the Podcast. We meet every week or so and talk about movies, TV shows, games, podcasts, books, yada, yada, pretty much anything we want to. Once in a while, we will update you on what creative things we are doing, and if time, read feedback and whatever we like. Insert contact info here, phone, email, whatnot. <laughs> Bitch! <laughs> Visit us at www.dontlookinthepodcast.com or call us at... 206-426-6337 or send us an email at mail at don'tlookinthepodcast.com This is going to be as long a review as I am in the sack. Short and sweet. All right, it's over. <laughs> We're done. That was awesome. How'd you like Freddy's revenge review? Oh, jeez. Here, here's the deal. Okay, so just like we got off on a tangent a little when we started the first one, let's talk. I'm going to get off on a little tangent here. There was no uh, Freddy's revenge came out in uh, what 1985. Someone is coming back to Elm Street. He is not friendly. He is not patient. And he is not a welcome visitor. But he has something terribly special for the new kid on the block. It started to happen again. Dad! You're in trouble. You've had some scary dreams, okay? Help! 
Daddy can't help you now. There's something inside of you. Fight him! You are not afraid of him. He doesn't even exist. Freddy Krueger is back on Elm Street. Watch out for him. He'll be in your neighborhood soon. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 2. All my children now. Freddy's Revenge. <laughs> and um, there was no reason for it. Because Part 3 goes perfectly along with Part 1. Yep. You could forget Part 2... And to be quite honest with you, I wish I could. Listen, on IMDb, it got like a, what did it get, a 4.8, which is pretty decent. But the thing is, is I, this was a big disappointment for me. And you know, to be honest with you, I don't think I had seen this one until, you know, in the last two or three years. I don't think I'd ever seen part two, or maybe I'd seen it and just forgot about it. Well, there's a reason why now, you know, for how terrible it was. It was bad. They just, oh, yeah. Well, and uh, let's talk about it, and then we'll okay. talk about why it's bad. Uh, directed by Jack Shoulder, written by David Chaskin. Uh, production budget was $3 million, but it grossed $30 million in, in the United States. So, I mean, it still was a big moneymaker, so what do you, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a failure, you know, to, as far as the studio is, uh, is concerned, you know, New Line. Uh, Robert England played Freddy Krueger. Mark Patton played Jesse Walsh. Mim Myers played Lisa Weber. Robert Russler played Ron Grady. Clue Gulliger played Ken Walsh. Hope Lang played Cheryl Walsh. Uh, Jesse Walsh and his family have moved into Nancy Thompson's old house on Elm Street. No sooner are they moved in than Jesse begins to have horrific nightmares, ones that feature a burned man in a dirty red and green sweater with knives on the fingers of his right hand. His neighbor and new sweetheart, Lisa, discovers the truth behind Fred Krueger and his horrible murder spree. Freddy vows to take over Jesse's body to continue his vile crimes against the Elm, Elm Street residents. Soon, people clo- close to Jesse start dying violently. Will Lisa's love for Jesse be enough to help him overpower the demonic pre- presence inside him? No, that was that wasn't. I'm actually asking you. That was um, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, it worked out. What'd you think? You know, this movie just sucked. It was about a whole bunch of scared people overreacting to a bunch of stupid situations. And, and a p- case in point. Okay. The scary, the, the the longest horror scene that they had in there where there's like terrorizing going on uh-huh. was when the bird got out of his cage. <laughs> and blew up. Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. That was like, the bird flew around for a long time. <laughs> that was the longest horror scene of the whole movie. and And it just... And they were freaking out about this tiny little bird flying around. Mm-hmm. Like the dad wears a band-aid for the rest of the movie because of the fucking bird. Really? And I'm going to drop that because I was so irritated with it. <laughs> Dude. I got irritated. You know, the funny thing is, is the bird part didn't make that big of an impact on me. Oh, it bothered <laughs> me a bunch. But I just... <coughs> Jesse was a little bitch. He just was screaming the whole time. Oh, yeah. Like, I thought... I didn't know at the very beginning when they the family was downstairs and they heard a scream. Yeah. I thought that was a girl screaming. <laughs> and then come to find out it's this little bitch, Jesse. That... I, got, okay, I have to admit, the very first scene, when I watched this even for this movie, I, I couldn't really, I remember that I didn't like this one, but I couldn't remember why. Yeah. I mean, it's probably, it's been a few years. But uh, the first scene, they're on a school bus. Jesse's on a school bus, you know, normal morning, whatever. Then all of a sudden it takes off. 
and uh, apparently it was Freddie driving, and uh, you know we're kind of introduced to Jesse as who this, looks completely as outsider. different. Looks completely different, right? In that first scene, well, it was a dream. We find out, yeah. But uh, basically, you know, the the bus goes out into this this uh, desert area, and all the ground starts giving way around it, and it just stay, it stays up on one you know, kind of column of just dirt and rock. And, you know, I thought that was a pretty cool scene, you know. You know, so I thought, you know, I remember, huh, oh, this is okay so far. The second that um, uh, he started screaming and it showed his family downstairs and, and whatever, that's when I remembered why I hated this movie. Oh. And this is a hard one to talk about even. This this movie was so uneven. Yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, so so... They try to be really serious, you know, they, they try to be really scary. And then in the middle of it, you have a montage of Jesse dancing around to an 80s song, putting on a hat and giant silly sunglasses, yeah. and dancing around for a couple of minutes around his room to, uh, you know, just in the middle of it, it just didn't seem like it belonged. There were a lot of scenes in this movie that did not belong in the movie, in my opinion, yeah. you know, and... It, since it was so uneven and it wasn't scary and Jesse was irritating. You know what's funny is I have a note here that said uh, Brad Pitt, John Stamos, and Christian Slater all auditioned for the role of Jesse. Are you serious? And and uh, what's his name? Mark Patton got the got the role. Which you know I don't know I don't know what the what uh, the people were thinking, but he was a hard guy to watch. Maybe they were going. Maybe they wanted to have a guy who was that weak. Who was that kind of bitchy, and uh, they didn't think any of these guys could really play it. But uh, this, you know, there are a few wisecracks in here too. You know, this started a little bit. The one thing that kind of uh, bothered me about this movie is it didn't seem like it was the same Freddy from the first film. Mm-hmm. It's like all of a sudden Freddy was just out to kill whoever. You know, he didn't really torment anybody for you know a few dreams before he killed them. For, uh, case in point. Uh, oh, let's go over. First of all, talk about his coach. First of all, now never mind. We'll bring this up after this. But basically, he just kills uh, Jesse's gym coach, but and, and his gym coach has no idea what's going on yeah. or who this guy is. He just kills him for no reason. There's no build up to it. Which one of the best parts of one of the things that, that gave us the most suspense in one and three was the build up. Yeah, you know, was the was the relationship that the victim had with Freddie. Before they got killed, right? You know, they they had this, they had the nightmares, whatever. Well, no, this this movie just threw all that out the it was window. Just random. And he just kind of went out and killed people. He also killed a bunch of people at the pool party who had no idea who he was yeah. and, and whatever. And it just wasn't suspenseful, and it just kind of dropped this into uh, the realm of just being a generic, you know, whatever. He wasn't mm-hmm. Freddy to me. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack, I and I don't know, I don't know if this was just me. But the soundtrack didn't even seem like it fit the series. Mm. Did you notice? I didn't notice that. It didn't even seem like it was a, a, a Nightmare on Elm Street film. You know, uh, a score to a Nightmare on Elm Street film. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, well, I had some higher hopes for it when when Freddy pulled back his and he had his brain. Right. I thought there were some good um, like Freddy moments when. Listen, Robert England, I think was fine. Well, but, and I his makeup was good. Was I mean, yeah. his makeup was good, and he had really scary eyes and stuff like that. And I still made the note, you know, he's still trying to be that scary guy. But like you said, when he's just killing the two people that that kind of messed with with uh, well, and, Jesse, and that's kind of why I w- I want to forget about this one 
because it can, I mean, in and maybe it's also because I like three and you know four and you know all the way mm-hmm. up, but it just doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. It's just not, I guess, our Freddy mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, it's just not the guy who was so terrifying in the first one. And I don't blame Robert England. Robert England was fine. I think it was just the writing and the yep. situations that he found himself in. Yep. Um, so I don't know if you caught on to this, and I, I. You know, to be honest with you, the first time I saw this, I didn't really pay much attention to it. But apparently, um, this was pretty controversial because of its gay subplot, quote unquote, gay subplot. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, let me let me read another thing. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I've been reading a lot this episode. Uh, the film commentators often remark on the film's perceived hom- homoerotic theme. Some people have argued that a, that a subtext exists about Jesse's alleged repressed homosexuality. And they point out the encounter that he has with his gym teacher in a bisexual S&M leather bar and uh, his flight to a, fr- a male friend's house after an aborted attempt of making out at his girlfriend's pool party. During the latter scene, Jesse, shirt unbuttoned, states that he's scared that something's trying to get inside my body. And his shirtless friend replies, yeah, she's female and waiting for you in the cabana and you want to sleep with me. It goes on and on, but it's just little thing- little things like that. That I didn't really pick up on. Listen, people have way too much time if they think that that's. Well, don't you think? I uh, th- here's the deal. I sure. I mean, when, first of all, let, let's talk about the scene with the S and M leather bar. Uh, so he goes there. Well, he's sleepwalking. He goes there. Eh, you know, the, the thing is, I think this is a. Li- I mean, I'm not going to say that they don't have valid points, but what I will say is, I think that it's kind of like you know when. When uh, people are reading revelations in the Bible, mm-hmm. they kind of have a certain frame of mind, and they can read it and then kind of twist it to uh, kind of fit what they're thinking. Yeah. And maybe it's a little bit of that. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that. It, no, that's absolutely not. Whatever. Or I, you know. But I'm just gonna say I. I didn't really. You know, I wasn't thinking. I that there was any gay stuff going right. on, except for when. When uh, the coach was getting killed and he was getting like slapped in the butt with that freaking, I'm gonna talk about this whole part because this part pissed me off. So Jesse shows up at this uh, bisexual S and M bar. His coach is there wearing wearing this leather outfit, and so what does he do? He has to punish Jesse and go make some run laps in the middle of the night. I'd be like, screw, screw you and your laps. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, so basically, while he's running the laps or while he's showering up, Freddie kills the coach by, um, you know, shackling him to the showers. You know, uh, you know, not to get into too much detail. Yeah, apparently, Freddie slapped him in the, you know, not the, slapped him. What, what do you call those when you rat tail? Rat tail him in the butt, and you saw a bunch of welts on his butt, which I didn't like very much. I didn't like that part. But and then we, uh, you know, then we find out that. Uh, Freddy's taking over, uh, what's his name's body to kill whatever you know. You got the body, I got the brains type of deal. Anyway, that whole part pissed me off mainly because why would you go run laps for your coach right after you found him in a bar with your shirt unbuttoned and untucked and bare feet? Yeah, I I don't know. Man. I changed my mind. It is latent sex homosexuality. Maybe, but but I I'm not, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just not. I'm just saying wow. You know, I guess I wouldn't have thought about it. But anyway, after all is said and done, not a big fan of this one. No, not at all. There was there were no memories in here. I mean, that's another reason why. Yeah. I knew. 
complete sausage fest. No, I'm just kidding. Um, what did I learn? Little tiny birds are a whole lot of scary. I learned that big time. Right. Rat tails? What the crap? That bothered me a lot. Dude, let, let's just do one other. Let's just talk about one other thing here. Now, let's talk about the ending a little bit. Okay. Now, whereas before it all kind of took place in the dream world, and you know, maybe I'm way off base because maybe Freddy's out with this whole new um, strategy to take over a body, you know, and to be able to do this in the physical world. But it just got, I mean, it got ridiculous, but it didn't get more ridiculous till the end where, spoiler, where it's actually Freddy's there, crumbles, and Jesse comes out, yeah. you know, as if it was just, like, real or yeah. whatever. And that was retarded. <laughs> I... There... You know, along with that, and I, I agree 100%, but it just reminded me that there was actually a kind of a creepy part where, it, what's her name? His girlfriend, Lisa? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. She walks in, and there's those weird-looking dogs on the ground barking. Oh, with, like, the masks yeah, on? Yeah, those were bizarre. Yeah. That was kind of strange to me. Weird. And then the other animals are in there with, like, weird I pa- stuff I paused on. it on that part yeah. to see what's going on. What was it? And they're not as creepy paused oh, when really? you get a good look at them. Yeah. yeah, I didn't pause. I just remember looking at that with one eye <laughs> open, like, 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 what the? Weird-looking baby faces yeah, on Rottweilers or something. Anyways, so, all right. And then the last thing I learned was that Freddy hates flowers. That dude spent so much time knocking over flowers in houses. Yes. Like just he's pissed off at something, turns around, sees flowers, turns around, and goes after the flowers. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Anyways, so who else said that? Um, he's in there, and I want him back. I'm going to get him out of there. That's Christy Canyons talking to her pussy about a tampon. I have no idea who that is. I don't either. I don't know. Who is that? It's a porn star. <laughs> oh, I... The only difference is I really didn't know who that was. <laughs> she she's famous because she can put like a uh, giant beer. I don't can. need to know that. I do not need. I was to. gonna say a giant beer can in a fridge, dude. dude. Come on, that's a huge fridge. I bet the fridge doesn't smell very good. You can't tell what she is by her name, Christy Canyons. Come on, dude. No, I'm just I, kidding. It's fine. Know. That that's on the that's on the borderline. That that's a way that if I'm thinking, yeah, porn star, that I can ter- I can interpret that as a porn star. Oh. But if I'm not, then it's just a normal name. Interesting. Yes, yeah, I would think porn star every time. All right, <laughs> six degrees. Robert England was in Strange Land with Amy Smart, who was in Crank High Voltage, with Jason Statham, Handsome Rob, in the Italian Job with Edward Norton. Who's in Death to Smoochie, which is one of my all-time favorite movies, with Robin Williams. Really? I've not seen it. That's a great show. Is and it? then uh, Robin Williams was in Bicentennial Man with Embeth Davids, who is in Army of Darkness. Bruce nice. Oh, hey, it's you. Yeah, uh, you can see we're not quite ready yet, but uh, don't worry. You'll know what's going on soon enough. The PC Lounge. You haven't seen Stu and Jay like this before. Coming this summer to a podcatcher near you.
Uh, and just, uh, I mean, we just realized that we didn't score this. I'm giving it a don't bother. And you know what? I'm giving it a don't bother, even though I am a, a rabid collector. And would, I mean, and I have this in my collection. But I just did not like this movie. And I'm giving it an AMC because I think you should just see it once because it is in the is it is in the series. But other than that, don't waste your time after because that. You skip this, you go from one to three. That would kick ass. You're not going to miss anything. Yeah, if you don't if you don't see, you're not going to miss anything. But you know, it definitely scores low. I mean, look you know, at that. and I'll tell you what, um, number three totally redeemed this series for me. Which was, I mean, I I freaking love number three. Let's just get into it. Street Part 3. Freddy's just around the corner. Alright, so we have A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. The Dream Warriors came out in 1987. You know why this one was so good? Because Wes Craven was back. He had nothing to do with Part 2. He wrote and produced Part 3, The Dream Warriors. Uh, It was actually directed by Chuck Russell. That's a porn star name. That is. Wow. Uh, IMDb gave it a score 6.2. Uh, budget 4 million. Grossed domestically 44.7 million. I'm going to chuck your Russell. <laughs> yeah. Starring Heather Langenkamp. She's back as Nancy Thompson. Craig Wasson is Dr. Neil Gordon. Patricia Arquette in her first feature length film. Hmm. Uh, as Kirsten. Kirsten or Kristen? I thought it was I, Kristen. I said Kristen, but. Oh. Yeah, it's just Christian on IMDb, but for some reason I thought... Anyways, uh, Robert England is Freddy Krueger. Um, Ken Sagos as S-A-G-O-E-S as Roland Kincaid. Rodney Eastman is Joey Crusel. Uh, Jennifer Rubin is Taron White. Bradley Gregg is Philip Anderson. Ira Hayden as Will Stanton. Lor- Larry Fishburne. Interesting. you, you got to realize that he had jobs you know, before he became the Matrix guy. You know, this was all money. Well, he was in away. he was in Apocalypse Now, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was how in, did he how did he get to Max the intern in number three of Nightmare on Elm Street? I don't know, but uh, you know he he started to be a wise mm. in this. He, yep. he went on those wise a couple of wise lines. Mm. Uh, Penelope Sudro played Jennifer Caulfield and John Saxon, your man. Love him. Played Lieutenant Donald Thompson. Uh, synopsis: Picking up where the original light nightmare left off. See. We didn't even need to. Wow, they got that synopsis right. Yeah, that was it. That was all. 
Yeah. That's the whole thing. And it takes place six years later. Uh, Nancy has grown up and become a psychiatrist specially, specializing in dream therapy. She's grown up. This is like three years later. You know, I'll, I'll give it It says to, six, though. Well, in, in well, three years real time. I will say she looked a lot better in this one than she did in the first one. Oh, year. yeah, she did. She, I mean... I, she, I think it was because she was self-prescribing. Maybe. Which, you know, that, that helps a lot. Maybe. Yeah. Well, she looked more mature. She actually wore makeup. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem is, is that her gray streak that she got in part one was on the wrong side of her head. Well, was it really? <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, she was a psychiatrist specializing in dream therapy. She meets a group of children at a local hospital facing Freddy Krueger. The same demon she once encountered in her sleep. One of them is Kristen, who has the power to draw other people into her dreams. Working with a male doctor assigned to the case, Nancy helps the kids realize their special abilities within the nightmare world. When Freddy captures one of her charges, she leads a rescue attempt into Kruger's domain in hopes of putting his spirit to rest once and for all. What'd you think? Well, I just realized. I thought this movie was really good. I forgot to tell you on the last movie. Uh-huh. Man, what, what, what movie it inspired. What? This on the in the last movie, um, Lisa was telling Jesse that if that the screams give him energy, uh-huh. and so you need to turn your back, and it's the fear that feeds him. And so Monsters Inc. actually has that same <laughs> storyline. You know, so you know, ripped it Monsters off. Monsters Inc. has a real big homoerotic subtext as well. It does it really? Mike Wazowski is just a big testicle. Holy shit! <laughs> You're right. Can't watch that again. Oh, yeah. Anyways, and, all right. Uh, so, oh, I, I was gonna oh. say, I was gonna say the other guy is just a big hairy bush. Oh my, gosh. that's rude. <laughs> well, then the Steve Buscemi character—he's just a big old dick with arms. All right, let's get, get that. <laughs> DWA, <laughs> dick with arms. Anyways, so I really like this movie. This this definitely redeemed it. And you know what? Saying that Wes Craven was a part of it again. Yeah. You know, you well, can, it was you can so tell. Apparent. Yeah, you can number tell. Number two doesn't even seem like a, a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I hate you, number two. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> you take it personally, That's man. Right. I give. No, you give uh, the whole number two a kick to the balls. I do. Oh yeah, I do. Well, you know, I. I think I was. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we're on to number what? three. No, no. Yeah, let's move on to number three. Yeah. So I thought it was really good. Again, you know, it tied back to the mythology yes. of what was going on with Freddy. You know, you come to find out that all these kids, their parents were on Elm Street, and they had a part exactly. in, in killing Freddy. So it's, these it were mattered. Not random no, killings again. These it were, mattered. These were kids who. These were people who Freddy had a grudge against. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna say I, I, I was really that pissed that he was. You know, randomly killing people. It was just the way he did it. Well, in it was stupid. Two. It was just dumb. It wasn't. It was just anybody could have done. Yeah, that. I'm going to say a little bit of that because the mythology, I think, is what really makes this series, or at least one and three, tight. Well, they're lucky they got a number three. Yeah. If you look at number two, and how, what year did this come out? Number uh, three, eighty-seven. Okay, so you had a two-year break. But but you got to realize number two. Made $30 million. Of course it did, because number one was so good. Right. And people were going to go see it. Here's the deal. If it if it's that crappy and it still makes $30 million, that's a that's like an automatic go-ahead. Yeah. Because, I mean, you, if you're going to make $27 million domestically, right. in the United States only, I'm sorry, that is a success. Yeah, no, you're right. <coughs> but I'm just glad that they did a number three and that they kept going with the series because it got back to its grassroots and had some, you know, a great storyline. I thought the flow was was pretty good. Not to mention the imaginative deaths. Yeah, 
Yeah. Awesome. Like we talked about, you get tendons coming out like a puppet. Dude's yep. a puppeteer. Like a marionette, yep. And then you've got a kid that can't talk who, you know, wants to do the the nurse who doesn't. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, you have other people with their different problems and stuff like that. But, you know, and, and to bring them all into the same dream. I mean, right. I don't know. Well, it, you had even Patricia Arquette was freaking awesome. What's wrong, Patricia Arquette? Well, she's she's so fat now. Is she? Yeah, she's. I've seen her on that Medium show. I don't watch it, but I've seen the commercials. I'm like, what the hell happened to her? Well, I think I'm, I commented on I'm this. I'm glad before. that you're so perfect that you can go ahead and make judgment calls like that. Oh, I will. <laughs> you're damn right. I'm not going to pretend to be hot when I'm just fat. I know I'm fat. <laughs> Sorry, I brought Plus, that. Plus, I don't have a name that, that, that rhymes with fat. Fatricia Arquette. Sam <laughs> sorry, David. I'm sorry, David Arquette and Courtney Cox. I really apologize for that shit. What? What? They're brother and sister. David Arquette is? Aren't they? Arquette? I thought all those Arquettes were married or uh, interbreeding. I, I have no I thought no they were all a bunch idea. of inbred weirdos. Um, I, you know what? Take David Arquette's mustache and throw it on Fatricia, and it's the same person. <laughs> Except for with snaggly teeth. Whoa! Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Listen, here, here's what, here's a couple of reasons why I love this movie. First of all, it built upon, like we said, it built, it, it took the original mythos and it built upon it, and it also made things that kind of stuck throughout the rest of the mm-hmm. series. Uh, a, a couple of things. Weston Hills shows up in a couple of other um, from Nightmare on Elm Streets. Uh, she takes the hypnosil, which is which is talked about, I think, in number five, but it's huge in Freddy vs. Jason, which, oh. by the way, I freaking love Freddy vs. Jason. It's stupid and it's corny and whatever, but I loved it. Yeah. There, in this movie, there were, you know how we talked about the first one, how there were just some like weird acting moments? There were some of those in here, too. Right. Like, um, for instance, the guy... Basically, what happens is there's all these kids in, in uh, you know, this psych ward, like like I said, where, or, who have all been dreaming about Freddy Krueger. Nancy comes in and teaches them that, you know, in their dreams, they can be whatever they want, you know. And there were a couple of, like, really cheesy moments. Like, one kid was, you know, falls asleep. In my dreams, I can walk. Oh, yeah. And I am the, I am the dragon master, yeah. you know, whatever. And then there's one, in my dream, I'm beautiful and bad. It's like, you know, I'm going to give that to you because this was the 80s. And I seem to have a soft spot for that. Yeah. <clears throat> but come on, really? All right. We'll, we'll give that to him anyways. One thing about this film that the, the, the one shining moment, or the one thing about this film that will always make it one of my favorites is the introduction of Amanda Kruger. Yeah. Because, you know, before we knew, yeah, okay, well, here's this child murderer who got killed by, um, you know, the, the residents of Elm Street, the parents on Elm Street. But what we didn't know is his origins. Yeah. How Amanda Kruger worked at an insane asylum, got locked in over the weekend, and uh, was raped over and over, and that's where Freddy's uh, Son of a Hundred Maniacs comes in. Mm-hmm. And uh, You know what? That just adds a little bit more. Bottom line is it adds a little bit to the mythos without spitting in the face of what's already there. Right. You know, And it adds it and it makes it better. Um, anyways, and also we, a little part of the mythos is that, uh, in order to stop Freddie, we, they need to bury him in consecrated ground, mm-hmm. you know, that one's, you know, okay. Yeah. So, you got to come up with something new to stop him. But you know, the other thing is, is I, I'm really glad they didn't do was have a moral dilemma because now we know that Freddie was, was born of tragedy. Oh, yeah. If they would have tried to go down that route where it's like, oh, but Freddie, you got to feel bad for him because he's born of moral tragedy and 
Listen. Too no, bad. no. They said what it was, and then you get the light bulb go on, and then you move on with the story where you right. want him to die, kind of. I mean, you're enjoying what he's doing, but obviously you want him to lose Do you know how end. many times that problem has ruined a Law & Order Special oh. Victims Unit <laughs> episode for me? What, you want the child molesters to get away? What? Well, no, I'm just saying. Oh. No, I'm just saying. No, the fact... No, exactly. The fact that, oh, you know... Oh, yeah, yeah, sad yeah. childhood, so whatever. Yeah, exactly. That has ruined Listen. many... Uh, uh, SVU yeah, and don't go down. I don't need that kind. Of, I don't want to think about that. I want Freddie to be killing people violently and me <laughs> laughing at it. Yes. And then I want Freddie to go down in the end, knowing that he's going to come back in the next movie. That's I, I, that's all I want. I don't need the moral dilemma garbage. If I wanted that, I'd go to the drama section of my videos. Not story. to mention, it brought back Nancy and it brought back Nancy's dad, which were two of my yeah. two. I, I, you know, even though we kind of bagged on Nancy, I thought she did a great job. Yeah. In the first one, I mean, she was, uh, and I was also complaining about how she was, wasn't as hot as I would have liked. But the thing is, is they, they, they brought in this innocent teenager, you know, this smart, intelligent, and she did a great job, and she's back here to help the younger generation, mm-hmm. you know. And John Saxon, well, he's just a badass. By the way, Roper did I ever tell you ass. how nice he was to me? You do. He was awesome. I, I looked at my, I have my little thing hanging up right yeah. by where I watch the movies. Yeah. I'm just like, I love that guy. I would take his soft, feathery head, and I would caress it with my hand, and I'd probably kiss his liver spots, and I'd be like, dude, I love you for that. Oh, man, that guy. That guy, see, he reminds me of my wife's grandpa, though. So I, oh, really? I think maybe that's... Well, you know what's crazy is I'm watching him in this movie, and it was, you said, 87? Mm-hmm. That dude looked like he aged 100 oh, years. Oh, yeah. Because he still looked like Roper in that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's only 22 years later, and dude looks like he's... Like gonna fall down. It almost and die. looked like he had like a hair piece or something. Like his hair was some gray. Uh, whatever. Oh, but, maybe. But the thing is, is uh, he doesn't even. I don't even think he wears a hair piece now. Yeah. But no, he's got mean? that soft, feathery white hair <laughs> that I just dream about running my fingers through. Did you knock that. <laughs> uh, anyway, I Ten. mean, I don't. I don't want to keep rambling on. This movie was awesome. I give it a bone saw. Yeah, I give it a bone saw too. Um, let me th- see if there was anything else. Do, 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 do. Oh, a couple of things to kind of that just to make notes of. Freddie's always getting his ass kicked by a chick, <laughs> always. And all the movies that I've seen so far, uh-huh. he gets his ass kicked by a chick. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, so what did I learn? This is the only thing that I learned was where the third movie what it inspired, and that's Harry Potter. Why is that? Well, when that Will Stanton kid with the giant glasses turned into the Wizard Master, oh yeah, and blew Freddie away. I was like, that's it. That's In my f- dreams, I'm the dungeon master. I'm Harry Potter. <laughs> and I'm going to blow him away with my little cape. Uh, who else said that? Um, straight talk only in here. Yep. That's the California government to gay people. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I'd go topical. <laughs> and... Uh, So horrible. <laughs> and the other one is uh, the souls of the children give me strength. That's Michael Jackson's defense. Damn it. Sorry. Damn it. And the six Y'all degrees. Y'all actually see Michael Jackson try to rip open his shirt and you see the little mouse. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> there was a three on the memory count. Six degrees. Robert England was in red with Brian Cox, who was in Troy with Brad Pitt. Have who you was... seen that red, by the way? Uh-uh. It's not really a horror movie. It's by Jack Ketchum. It's pretty good. Oh, really? Yeah. I like Brian Cox, so... That's uh, a porn surname. 
Uh, so Brian was Except in. For, <laughs> no, go ahead. Except for uh, this is so dumb. You're gonna wish you never stopped. Except for his porno name is actually Frying Cox. <laughs> that is so dumb. I have, I apologize to everybody who had to hear that. So, Dude, to I can hear the drum roll leading up to it in the background. I'm like, this is gonna be good. And how comes Frying Cox? Stupid. I am the biggest dumbass in the world. Oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, man. So, Frying Cox was in Troy with Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, that was retarded. Oh, I freaking love it. Oh. Wow. And then uh, Brad Pitt was in Ocean's Eleven with George Clooney, who was in O Brother, Where Art Thou with John Turturro, who was in Monkey Boner. Bridget Fonda. Nice, nice try. Yeah. Nice try. Bridget Fonda, who was in Army Darkness with Bruce Campbell. Oh my gosh, we made it. Oh, that was a rough, uh, rough episode to get through. Apparently, happy birthday there, uh, Johnny. Uh, yeah, try not to uh, try not to hold us accountable. For yeah, that. sorry. You know that's gonna that episode's gonna bring back all memories of Christmases and birthdays where you're disappointed as a kid. Sorry, man. We d- we did our best. Oh. That's all we had. All we came up with was frying cocks. <laughs> oh. I love it. Anyway, that I cannot believe how dumb it is, how dumb that was. And I can't cut it out because we spent way too much yeah. time laughing about it. Yep, too late. <laughs> all right, so um, got anything else for this episode? I don't think so. So do we know what we're going to do next time? I don't know. Do you want to Do you want to start on... Uh, do you want to start on the uh, another iconic? I series? think so, and you know, because here's what I was thinking as we were talking about this: these two franchises come together in the end. Yeah, they do. So wouldn't it make sense wow. that we go back and forth, and then we end with that with Freddy versus Jason, and have like a little, you know, like a little controversy or a little uh, debate about all that? All right, you know that's a great idea. Plus, I, I never want to turn down the uh, an excuse to watch Friday the 13th. Well, here's I've, I have slowly, as I've been exercising, been getting through them half at a time. So I'm, I'm going to have to go back and watch. I think I'm through five. Have you? So I haven't watched <clears throat> six, seven, or eight. And six I is my favorite. Is it? Yeah. Gosh, Dan, that's I love six. Not, I can't. I don't think I've started that one. Anyways, but yeah, we can. I mean, we can do that. Let's do that. That's that's yeah. actually a good idea. We'll we'll end it off with. Should we just uh, bounce back and forth between those two? Well, why not? Is that going to be too boring, you think? I don't know. I, I Honestly, with the Friday the 13th, watching, I was watching them all in a row. It's the same shit over and over. But oh, if yeah. I break it up into three yeah. and then do, I don't know, bounce it back and forth, we may have to add another franchise in there just like in the middle just to break it up. Uh, or like a, 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 a miscellaneous episode. Yeah, let's do, we'll do a miscellaneous episode. Yeah, because you were saying there were a few movies well, you wanted to there's watch. Just a, there's just a bunch of movies that have been coming out lately that I want to watch, like... Uh, I have a few ideas, but I don't know if I want to do them for the show. But uh, like bad biology, <laughs> look. Oh yeah, you were telling oh me. Oh my that. gosh, I have actually seen that one. I've actually already saw it, but it, that will be a. Just, it, it's not a trauma. With, with how Is that far, a trauma film? Uh, no, it's a uh, it's a uh, Frank Henenlotter. Oh okay, yeah. And yeah. the basket case. And by the way, right. that uh, you know that hooker that was in it. She's she's in it. Oh, is she really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So uh, we'll put in a death scene right here. Why are we stuck out here in nowhere? I don't know why you're so worried. Listen, if you ever get important enough, someone wants to kill you, you're worried. 
This is the stupidest hideout I've ever seen. Shut up, deal, and then you talk. I think I hear something. I heard nothing. What is this, some kind of joke? And thanks again for listening to the show. Visit us on cadaverlab.com. You can uh, shoot us a voicemail at 206-339-2730. That is 206-339-2730. Email us at uh, feedback at cadaverlab.com or sam at cadaverlab.com and mike at cadaverlab.com. And if I get any emails making fun of me for frying Cox, I'm not going to respond to you. I was just thinking about how I could work that back in. I'm like, There's, you just have to say it. You can't really work it in. I think that that is probably, uh, and this is a bold statement, one of the dumbest things I've said on the podcast. <laughs> Anyways, um, man, is there anything else? I think that's it. All yeah, right, so for the Cadaver Lab, we will see you later. Why are the one?
So get out there and rock and roll the boat. 